Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Secure Talk. My name is Mark Schreiner, and I'll be your host for this episode of Secure Talk. Today, we're going to be talking with Sushil Madhikar, who is the Chief Principal for Customer Success at Tech Democracy. And we're going to be taking a look at uh, digital IDs. Um, we're going to be taking a look at some of the um, the challenges faced by organizations right now in terms of managing their, um, their well, with identity and access management. And and we're going to probably talk about some other things that I can't even think of right now. But let's first get started and welcome Sushil. Sushil, how are you today? I am doing awesome. Uh, You're doing awesome. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's a really great day. Um, and uh, thank you for having me as your guest and looking forward to have a great talk. Well, my pleasure. Um, let me ask you, where are you? So I am based in Toronto uh, in Canada. I moved uh, from US uh, in March. Um, so this is this is a business move. Um, we are just expanding our uh, new territory in North America and that is why I moved here. Excellent. And um, I, I guess it's probably still pretty chilly in Toronto. Oh, I will say that this week being awesome. Okay, uh, cool. <laughs> we are in 70s. Um, wow, I'm and, jealous. But, yeah, <laughs> but as always, right, Toronto being known for cold and snow. So I will say that this week onwards, probably we are going to see some summer. Well, fingers crossed that we'll, I'm in Seattle area and, and, and I'm hoping the sun comes out and stays out. But um, well, hey, let me ask you. Uh, you know, I know that you have a lot of experience with uh, with digital IDs, and to maybe kick the conversation off, could you provide you know like a high level overview of the past, present, and future of digital IDs? Uh, for sure, right? I mean, if you will look into uh, the cybersecurity threats and uh, all the hacks and uh, breaches which you are seeing every day and night in the news, uh, one or another reason relates to the identity and authentication. Um, if you will uh, think about 10 years before, uh, or if you will go two decades before, I will say that authentication and identity was more about person to person. I know your name, I know mm -hmm. in face, and that is your identity. Um, that is where the things were dealt with, but the, the transformation and digitization uh, and people using the technology, and there are a lot of assets which you see, right, starting from your cell phone, uh, your laptop, iPad, uh, and you are touching now uh, everyday activity through the technology and mm -hmm. IT. And if you are now going through that, it's not like, we are talking in person and sitting on lunch and you know me and I know you. It's all about virtual identity that yes, uh, I am Susil and you are Mark. And that is where we are accessing the data and now data is flowing. So in this scenario, if you will look now, uh, how you are going to authenticate to the people. And once you are authenticating to the people, how much access you are going to give, like we have in personal life, right? I mean, the personal space which I have for my family, maybe mm -hmm. I don't have for my friends. So that access authentication within the virtual reality or in, I will say that in digital era, that is very key. And that is where this identity access management started 
you have system-based access, then it went to the application-based access, that if I am using Gmail, I have the Gmail identity. If I am using Facebook, I have my Facebook identity. Similarly, in professional world at organization, you start with the network ID that you need to go into the uh, organization network. Then you will have what a specific access you need to which application where you need to do day-to-day -day job, right? But mm -hmm. I mean, then slowly you found that, oh my God, I have hundred of application. Am I going to create hundred ID and password? And I have mean, to manage all those and good luck with those, that. Right? <laughs> Even today, I will say that if you have a five bank account and if you have five ID and password, one alternate day you forget oh my god i don't know what is the password i mean even today i go and reset the password every month because i don't remember mm -hmm. right so that is where the transformation of identity started and a lot of technology uh, service provider came in where we started talking about centralization of identity access management single sign on that okay i will log in with one id and password in my network but any of the application which are there, I will be using the same, right? I log in once, I will be accessing everything, right? So this is a current era. So this current era is more on digitization, uh, or I will say that digital identity, where you do identity access management for application access, organization access, authentication, centralized access, right? Let me let me just cut in for one second, because I think the road you're going down uh, speaks primarily to the enterprise environment or to, to large organizations. Um, I But earlier you gave the, the example of the different bank accounts. And I'm wondering, is there um, is there a similar trend with personal identities so that I can, I mean, right now I cannot do single sign-on for my company's, uh, you know, IT infrastructure, and then and then log into my seamlessly, you know, log into my bank account. It, it, they're completely separate. But do, is there a similar trend on the consumer side? So in consumer, so that's what I was coming up, right? That mm -hmm. other than enterprise identity, now it's coming as the consumer identity, right? Okay. And so let's suppose if banking, banking is serving to the customer. And let's suppose if you have five separate activity or account, like you have loan, if you have uh, uh, retail accounts, or you, you are doing any of the service to your uh, providers, right? They are consolidating your identity, right? And that identity, if you will see like, if you are just using um, some of the one-time password, maybe they will be sending to your cell phone, and you will be validating through your one-time password either through the email or phone, right? So that experience uh, for the personal identity by the consumers to the organization or service provider, that is a core focus, right? Because all the, if I am in enterprise, I have tons of security measures, but if you are not in enterprise and you are communicating to the individuals who are using your service, and if they are accessing your system, there is a risk right? Mm -hmm. How you are going to authenticate those people, that is where the consumer identity access management comes in picture. And I, I, I again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I have seen a movement for, for example, from state governments and, and then state and county governments to create uh, digital IDs for the citizens of their counties and states that would allow them to access all state or county platforms 
So, you know, whether it's the Department of Licensing, um, social services, the, the courts, whatever, and with a single ID, and I think that's kind of the B2B to C model, um, is that is that something that you're actually seeing, you know, one, is that a trend among governments that you're seeing? And then two, outside of that, are you seeing that with, because, you know, in, in the case of the state, you have governmental agencies that are, you could kind of say they're all on the same team. They're, they're, they're you know, they belong to the state. But with enterprises, if we have Bank A over here, Wells Fargo and Chase over here, are they going to actually create, is there a platform where you can have a single ID? So, and this is this is a very good question, Mark, because uh, unique identity uh, and identifications, um, it's, it's not only at the municipal or province or uh, county level, but now slowly, uh, and it will be probably it will be a reality very in coming time. I will say that not soon, but in coming time, because global identity is the key now. All right. If if I am Susil, uh, now we say that right. Global is a local village, right? You just okay. travel from one country to another country and you use the services and utility. Um, but just talking and limit what you ask that digital identity where the movement of the person and access of the person, whatever they want to do, going from hospital to bank to others. Yes, that is where the decentralized access, what we say is. And um, if you will be hearing the words uh, non-fungile tokens, NFT, using yep. the blockchains, right? Yep. Uh, the blockchain, which we say, I mean, like I say that nothing is 100% foolproof secure, but that technology, blockchain and NFT, which they are using uh, for the identity and unique identity tokens, which either government are investing a lot, right, to have the person uh, identified through that, where they are taking your uh, biometrics data, your activity data, and they are creating a unique ID and they will be mapping across the wallet, which the blockchain technology does it. Uh, that is going to be the reality to make sure that people are not impersonated. If Mark is Mark, he, he doesn't have to go and revalidate him at every places or somebody is not doing that. And the validation process, I think you might have touched on it there with, with some of the uh, the biometrics or things or, or, or biomarkers or, or what? what? What is the... the... So, so there are going to be multi-way, right? So the current which... Uh, lot of government and federal agencies are using is a combination, right? One is your biometrics data uh, and the biometrics data, it include your fingerprints or your retina scan or your facial uh, geometry. All those data they gather from you because it's it's identified so far that this is unique, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever you have, somebody is not having it. And based on to that, once you uh, provide those information, they create the unique identity and that unique identity will be validated across the services. So you don't have to go multiple places to validate yourself that through some ID or password, right? Because you are already validated. But that is where we are talking. Sorry, go ahead if you have. Oh, no, I was just going to say, because I mean, this is fascinating. But like, so so how does it play out? Uh, imagine I'm accessing, um, again, my bank account. What am I actually going to have to do to get access? I'm, 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 do I still need a password and then a second factor of authentication? Is it going to be a fingerprint scan? Is it going to be um, a hash code? I mean, what, what am I going to need? So, yeah, so if you are going to use the online access, 
so that online access is still going to be through some tokenization, right? And tokenization mm -hmm. can be your password or multi-factor authentication, or uh, if there is a scanning mechanism available, right? But if you are, let's suppose, into the bank and the bank wants to authenticate you, uh, currently what you do, you use your uh, a chip enable card, right? And that chip enable card is multi-factored with your PIN number, right? Right. It will be possible that they are now going to, what federal agencies are doing, they are going to have your fingerprint data and you just need to put your fingerprint and you will be authenticated. But there are, like I said, just adding up the caution that there are a lot of privacy concern, mm. right? Because you are putting your biometric data across. Maybe government has, uh, that protection and all those safeguards uh, are commercial organization going to take your data biometric information uh, are they violating those data and information across right so those are the concern still uh, needs to be addressed and you know right each country are coming up with a privacy law that how you are going to safeguard uh, but yes like i said that biometric authentication is the key and adding up the new era which is coming up with the blockchain which is using the nft for your authentication uh, these two are uh, evolving and it's going to be more used either into the federal or the commercial sectors very interesting i i i've listened to other experts in this area and they were talking about digital identities in terms of social media and they foresee a future where we can have uh, basically a an anonymous id or identity and that identity can co collect social credits and debits based upon their activity and the work they do in various social uh, areas online um, and there, you know, your reputation can be enhanced or detracted based upon what you do, but by, by making it anonymous, you don't have to worry so much about, you know, somebody showing up at your house <laughs> because they, because they disagree with you, right. Yeah. Or, yeah. or you losing your job or because you, you have an unpopular opinion, which the proponents of this say will actually stimulate um, more open and honest dialogue um, and 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 possibly be the next evolution. It's all fascinating, but let's let's back up a few years in, in, into the present where we're at right now. Um, so when you go out and you're primarily working with with you know large organizations, I would assume, um, what how are you helping uh, organizations with their identity and access management? Yeah. So identity and access management, like I said, it's a evolving concern for all the large organizations. And if you will see in last two years because of COVID, uh, like 95 or what 99% users are remote. Um, they are working and touching your system and network where they, wherever they are, right? And that's create lot of havoc into mm -hmm. the security arena, right? And that is where you have seen now um, whatever the remote issues and because of that, the breaches and third parties uh, access concern. And that is where all the organization are very concerned about. They want to make sure uh, one way it's good that people can work remote, that is validated, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to come to office every day, but 
the security issues or what we say that the threat surface which has increased because of the people are accessing the data from outside, how it needs to be addressed. And like initially, Mark, you were asking that how the consumer identity come in picture where we are talking about financial organization or insurance sectors, or uh, if you will touch about the healthcare sectors, right? Because every patient is a consumer, how, yep. how they are going to interact with. And these are the concerns which organizations are facing. I mean, every organization is having their own concern because the readiness they had in past, right? A lot of organizations were not ready to face the COVID, right? Because everybody felt we want everything to be done in office, right? Mm -hmm. And such identity and access management issues, because it's not only the company given laptop, right? People are using your data and network through their cell phone, mm -hmm. through their own personal laptop, how you are going to manage it. Right, because you cannot control whatever they are doing for the personal use, but you have to control whatever they are doing for your data use. Right. So all these is, I'm just giving the baseline issues, right? Sure. Uh, the, because of lot of uh, partner and the third party integration, right? Because you don't do everything by your own and people are connecting from the different country, different organization, how their threat landscape is, how much they are secure with. Because if you will see, uh, rather than putting the name, if you will uh, refer a few of the past breaches, um, it happens because of the third party uh, issues, right? right. Some, somebody from the third party tried to access and their uh, access were compromised. And because of their access compromise, these organizations got hacked. Right. So how you are going to manage third party access, how you are going to manage the service uh, or the partners, uh, those are the concern each organization are facing. And the good part is identity and access management is back onto their primary roadmap and they want to understand how how they can manage the critical aspect quickly mm -hmm. and how the maturity can go up. Right. And that is where we as advisor, we don't say that we are the implementation vendor only, but we as advisor and implementation partner to the client we are helping through. So you, you don't have your own proprietary uh, technology for identity and access management. You're actually helping them uh, understand what their challenges are and then match the best solution for that? Or, or, or did I get that wrong? No, you're right, Mark. So okay. uh, we are not a product agonistic company, right? Okay. So we work with the different uh, size, shape, and need of the client. Uh, and we work with the client and understand what base solution suits them. And that is where we advise what technology they need and uh, how they should define their roadmap of the implementation. Okay, so so what are some of the key metrics that you'll look at when when identifying the solution? So if, if, if I was a customer or a potential customer, what questions would you be asking me? So, uh, Few few basic things, right? To start with, uh, that if if you are in organization for identity perspective, how many users are there in your organization who are who are touching at least uh, application day in day out, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if those users, uh, other than your enterprise users, if there are, like I said, if there are third party users who are trying to access your network. And if they are accessing network, what are the critical assets, right? Because everything and anything uh, you, you have to secure, but what are the critical assets? 
what are the impact to the business, right? And so basically these are the baseline which we assess around uh, from the asset perspective, like how many applications you have uh, within the applications, segregations of the applications, right? That critical application or complex applications, uh, which needs to be safeguard, which may take some time to go up. If you are going through the five year or 10 year transformation roadmap, because digitization is key, right? Identity and access management is one of the area for cybersecurity, but how is your digitization roadmap? Right. So understanding those digitization roadmap, and of course, right, we need to understand uh, what is the investment plan of the company, right? Because sure. you, you can give every security measures, but if you don't have the cost to implement how you are going to do that. So what is your security prioritization? And within that, what is your funding, right? Because end of day, security is meant to enable your business. Mm -hmm. Security is not only meant to fix your business and limit your growth, right? You have to manage both together. So we work on to the both side, understanding the problem, understanding the need of the client and how better the solutions can be provided within their given budget and timeline. Excellent. And I'm assuming just because you're, you, you know, you're, you're product agnostic and you're just looking for the best solution for your customers, uh, I'm assuming regardless of whatever technology or tool you use for identity access management or device management, uh, permissions management, that there are some key principles that apply pretty much all the time. And maybe, maybe let's just say that you were advising a CISO and, and saying, hey, you know what? Here are some key steps that you can take. I'm not talking about the technology. I'm talking about, again, you know, uh, device management, permission management, et cetera. What are some key, um, I guess, principles that you think any organization should adhere to? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, before, and this is this is really good question. Every CISO should understand it, right? Uh, mm -hmm. That just um, having a fantasy of technology Whatever it's going in market. I'm safe now. I bought, I paid the, I paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> that that doesn't help, right? Yeah. Uh, every day you will be hearing new framework, new concept, new technology, right? Does it really need you, right? I mean, are you going to use them, right? Right. Uh, yes. Everybody is like if you will talk. Everybody talks zero trust, right? Mm -hmm. uh, where you are within that zero trust framework, right? So definitely, I mean, if if I I mean I do talk to my CISO clients or some friends, and the basics everybody understand is that they need to start from basics, okay, right? And the basic is understanding and assessing that what is required to you, right? And it's keep doing, and that is again relate to your business need. So if I am going to uh, implement identity and access management from a scratch or wherever I am, right? Maybe I have some business as usual activity of IDM, what I need, right? And that is where we advise our clients and uh, I will advise to the identity management leadership that assessing the need is very critical because if you are not assessing the right need, you may be ending up either picking up the wrong solutions, wrong product, or you are going to end up investing a lot, which you may not require. So assess, assess the need, and a lot of assessment uh, are available. It's a quick assessment. It doesn't require 
lot of investment and all you can if you have capable and you have the team do internally um, and that assessment is more about finding the risk right because right. risk point is very critical any security measure you are going to put in that is to mitigate the risk so understand the risk and based on to that you identify that um, if i have a 500 users in my company but i have a 10 billion dollar of the transaction right because of n number of reason right mm -hmm. what is a financial impact if you are not going to remediate those risk mm -hmm. right that is very critical right it's not about just like i am going to manage 500 users no uh, if you are going to be breached are you going to lose 5 billion dollar right. right or if you are going to lose cuz now everything you know mark is uh, getting calculated off uh, in the black market, which we said that mm -hmm. the data cost, right? Right. So what is the overall impact on your organization and the business, right? That is where I will say that any of the leadership to start with. And we are seeing that a lot of leaders does. We are helping them also. And a lot of organizations are doing that, right? And then to identify the product and the solution. So rather than telling the product, we find the solution. And the solution, which should be two phase, right? One is the solution which you are going to adopt. It's supporting at least five year roadmap. Okay. I don't want the solutions to be adopted, which I just implemented this year and next year your business plan change and you have to go for another one, right? Mm -hmm. So you know your business, involve your business stakeholder and adopt a solution which can help you at least next five years. And if more, that is fine, right? Um, but once you are going to adopt the solution, you need the process, policies, and technology. Mm -hmm. Adopting the technology, you should be very careful because lot of products are popping, mm -hmm. right? Everybody is coming that, hey, I am passwordless. I have the best zero trust solution, right? You buy it, mm -hmm. right? Have the right evaluation if that product company is having their own 10 year roadmap, mm -hmm. right? They are not just leaving it today and tomorrow. And this is not the only solution they have developed today and tomorrow they will be just a static, right? The product and the solutions are evolving based on to the risk parameters, right? As risk is evolving, the product should provide that. So choose the right product. Make sure that your policies and the controls are updated ongoing. And if you don't have to build your internal team, choose the right partner. Because everybody doesn't require their own team to be built up, right? Have the right partner. Again, the cost is parameter, right? So so, so, so let's talk about that for a second. Um, it's funny because um, some of the guests that come on the show, obviously they're selling a product and and they their product is the greatest solution for this particular area that they're in. And they and they fully believe that, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that that's 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 awesome. Um, but it is a different way of solving a customer's problems. You're you're talking about, hey, let's 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 don't lead with product. Let's figure out what your current situation is, what your business priorities are, what your roadmap is, what your budget is, and then based upon all that information, um, and your critical assets, etc., we'll come back with um, a, a a custom or bespoke solution, right? And we're tech te technology um, agnostic. But um, I think you could probably make an argument that um, you may not want to build or need to build out your own IT team. You can outsource it. And so why don't you talk a little bit about that? Because that's, you know, 
if if I'm a security engineer or a CISO and somebody comes to me and talks about outsourcing, I could get really defensive because you know it's like you're going to be taking away my team. At the same time, I've I've been in um, large involved with large projects where our customers, you know, very large organizations were begging us to find subject matter experts that they could um, that they could deploy immediately for you know six months to a year to a year and a half because they didn't have the bandwidth or the the budget to, to hire. So. Tell me, you know, how do you frame a conversation with your customers in terms of the, you know, the, the benefits of outsourcing versus in-housing? Yeah, no, that that's a good question. And I am seeing that you are in shoes of the customer, right? Uh, and I will not be the bias uh, since we are outsourcing service provider. Um, and why I was putting in this, right? There are organizations uh, where they have their internal team and mm -hmm. they are building up. There are organizations, they don't believe to build that in because all the implementations, right, or uh, these work are short term, right? It's it's a one year activity implemented, then it goes to the business operational level, uh, manage it ongoing, right? Right. And in that scenario, we advise the client that, hey, you outsource the partner who can do better. They know how to do that. Rather than you are going and investing time, efforts, money and everything you are building the team and then you found that the the success was not there right right so bring into the right outsourcing team who can do the job and do the job the way you want it right so have that done ongoing yeah it's it's a matter right if you have your own it team who can manage that business operation ongoing transition it or keep the team who can manage the operation ongoing. So it's totally depending on to the organization policy, right? That are they CapEx owned or OPEX owned, right? right. So if, if they are interested to just invest and not being heavy onto their own resource, always the operation can be done by third party. But for the IDM perspective and identity and access authentication, I will, we always advise to our client that outsourcing for the tenure when you implement it is always better because it's not an ongoing activity. You just implement it and then you keep yourself evolved to get the maturity. Yeah, I, I've i been involved with um, some very large, you know, exchange migrations, um, digital transformations to the cloud, uh, deployments of, of mobile device management or device management platforms. And as you say, it's you've got the heavy lifting to get on you know to get everything set up and then you have the day-to-day -day, you know management of, of it and, and they're two different jobs and two different roles yeah. and if you if you are you know our argument would be that if you work with a subject matter expert who's done literally hundreds of you know intune deployments for example uh, microsoft intune or you know hundreds of exchange migrations they've seen all the potential problems that you're going to encounter and you will encounter problems <laughs> and yeah. and you don't want to have problems when you're doing yeah. an exchange migration for example because <laughs> people yeah. tend to get upset um so so you know go with an expert um, and and yeah and even just there's the, the the discussion around can you find the right talent do you get them trained up and then and then when the job's done are they going to be the person who manages day to day so i totally agree with you on that no so just to add a couple of line right and that it happened in past uh, in recent past that i mean if you do the migration from legacy to new right 
you you end up with tons of the issues which you never forecast or you never yeah. uh, think of it's going to come right and if you have your internal team and if that expertise and the knowledge base you don't carry you are going to be bound with the time delay and lot of concern but if you are outsourcing that pain to the SMEs who has done that, they know who to bring in, right? And sure. you don't have to be bothered for the long run involvement. No, makes makes a lot of sense. Hey, um, I just want to ask a couple more things and then we'll kind of uh, wrap this up. But I, I noticed on your website, you have a tool or a platform called uh, Intellect, Intellecta. Is that how uh-huh. I pronounce it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it helps organizations kind of calculate the monetary effects of potential breaches um, and then and, and identify uh, potential inefficiencies and, and then allows them to kind of prioritize their investment um, and track progress. It sounds kind of like a um, kind of like a project management tool that's in the context of a, a company's security. Can you tell me a little bit how that works? So a uh, so little brief onto this Intellicta mark, because uh, we are a services company, right? And we have been seeing our client going through the pain. And uh, Intellicta was incepted based onto those pain. We try to conceptualize a solution framework, and that is where Intellicta was born. So what Intellicta does, if I will summarize in nutshell, that um, you have millions of issues if you have tons of compliance problem, risk problem, but you are not going to attack everything immediately. You cannot fix it, right? So what you need to do is you need to identify what is critical and what is you required to fix immediately across, right? Either you are talking about threat, which is risk management perspective, or you are talking about control, which is onto the compliance perspective. What Intellicta does is that it monitor in real time and it's give the holistic view of your risk and compliance posture in your organization. So it is having the capability to connect to any of the point system, pull the data, and it is having the algorithm build out a lot of things out of box. And it's also come up with, like I said, that it's all knowledge based out of box algorithms. And also it's allow you to define what you want to monitor and how you want to monitor. And once you configure it, it's, it's give the real time view and a lot of CISO based uh, analytics data and uh, reports which auto generated and it's a real time. So if I am a CISO and if I'm sitting somewhere, it's just one click away, I will click and I will see that which are the critical controls or critical threats available in organization needs to be remediated immediately. And this is going to be provided by Intellicta. The other key aspect I will just add up in 30 seconds that um, each CISOs um, are struggling that what should be their cyber insurance, mm-hmm. right? Should I go for 10 billion or 5 million, right? And it's totally based on to the qualitative or quantitative approach, whatever the organization does. Intellicta provide that, that because of the past threat and the control issues which you have in organization, and if you get breach, what is a qualitative cost your organization is going to be investing, right? So that some number provides CISOs some references that where they should go and what cyber insurance they should buy in. Wow. So let me ask you, 
if I'm out shopping for cyber insurance, mm-hmm. um, can I get a better premium if I have a tool like Intellicta? Or is there, is there, what steps can I do to kind of get a better rate? So I, I like I said it, and you just made this, uh, Mark. It's a health check data, right? Okay. So okay. If, if I am going for insurance, insurance like if I go for life insurance, they want to go and do all the medical checks. <laughs> right, right. Right. Yeah. And similar things here that if uh, insurance company knows that what is my threat landscape in last one year, they will be easy to buy in. Gotcha. Right? Makes so makes a lot of sense. Steps. Yep. Awesome. Well, hey, Sushil, I've, uh, this has been an awesome conversation. And, um, I, you know, like you said prior to me hitting record that um, when it comes to the past, present, and future of digital IDs, we could probably spend a couple of days, if not longer, talking about all the different, you know, uh, developments that are that are that have happened and that are, will be happening in the future. Um, so it's a fascinating topic. But uh, also learned learned a lot from you in terms of the uh, just identity access management, uh, the services you provide. If if any of our listeners would like to get some additional information, what would be the best way for them to do that? So um, definitely, uh, I will say, Mark, that thanks for having me. It was a pleasure talking, and like it's always fascinating talking about identity and access management, starting from in-person identity to metaverse, where sure. you are talking about. Uh, blockchain and other things, right? Um, definitely to get more information about my organization, um, we have our website, www.techdemocracy.com. We keep updating information just uh, for reference, lot of white papers and uh, blogs available. Uh, personally, I am available on my LinkedIn uh, with my name, Susil Madhukar. You can search in or I am on Twitter. And uh, I would love to connect to the people uh, or your audience and love to discuss because nobody is learned enough. Everybody needs to talk. Everybody needs to discuss to learn better. So uh, this is area we need to just grow in. Awesome. And I totally agree with you. Always be learning. Well, hey, Sushil, thank you so much. And I wish you a great remainder of 2022. Thank you so much, Mark. Really appreciate it. Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance.